Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Feeding Curiosity. I'm your host, Eric Wenzel, as always. In today's podcast, we are joined by James Kalmese Jr. He is a Western Illinois graduate who works in financing and shipping. He is the founder of the Good Vibes MI Edition, a live entertainment entity involved in the underground music scene and the early stages of the music business process and sports, and that is where his passion lies and where most of our conversation takes place. His artists have amassed over 15,000 streams and more, working behind the scenes with artist partners to Joel Stevens, Kamari, AB, and Little Scissor, also as a talent buyer and promoter, just to name a few of the artists he's worked with or promoted. And you can reach out to James on any and all of his socials, and I'll have a link in the show notes for those interested. In this conversation, we cover how James thinks about finding artists and how to get them on stage, what habits or easy actions upcoming artists can take to start building an, a dedicated audience who are all in on making music their dedicated career. Outside of the music sphere, we talk about more general advice on building skills when you are building something that is your passion. We close with ideas on betting on yourself and why it's meaningful intrinsically but also what it means to lead by example for future generations. And as always, much more than what I can summarize here. And so without further ado, please enjoy this conversation with James Kelmes Jr. All right, James, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me, man. I appreciate the invite. Yeah, dude, this is, this is awesome. I mean, it, it's always been like a pleasure for me to like have friends that I meet, especially because you know Jordan and Jordan, I've known Jordan for 20 years <laughs> so it's it's a long friendship and it's just even more fun that i get to to meet other people that he gets connected to and just have cool conversations so with that go ahead and tell everyone a little bit about what your background is and what, what do you do i mean you're already wearing your your hoodie so that's yeah. kind of a giveaway <laughs> all right so um my personal brand is just james uh but i run an entertainment company called good vibes my edition i was like uh back to the personal side you know i do artist management, I uh, manage a U UGC creator, user generated content creator. Um, I do a lot of the back end stuff like that. Uh, and then uh, for the good vibes, you know, I host concerts. Um, I find new music. I run a YouTube channel called Good Vibes Radio. And we, you know, I run my own podcast. Thanks to you, you, you were a big help in getting that started. Um, but I also, uh, you know, I'll sit down with artists and other people in the industry um, on the underground side and try to just elevate and share knowledge. And then, um, for my professional life, because this is all like still, it's a side hustle level. So on a personal life, I'm in banking and then, uh, I work at UPS. So two jobs. Gotcha. Man, you, yeah. you're just grinding away on all fronts on that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. That's, I, I stay I mean, busy. Yeah. I mean, I get it. Trust me. We, we were just talking about before we hit record of all the other things I'm doing in my life. So <laughs> I, yeah. I get it. Um, so kind of just rewinding a clock a little bit, what, what did you, like, what was it like for school? Like, what did you think you were going to be doing? And like, what was it? You obviously you went to college and that kind of stuff, but just curious, like, how did you end up falling into the side hustles that you got into? Okay. So school was like challenging for me a little mm -hmm. bit, like, cause it was, you know, most sense, like, uh, cause looking back, I was kind of sheltered, like in a sense. Um, so when I got to college, I was like, free will like you know so um first time but, off to the races to do whatever you wanted <laughs> yeah yeah so um, 
college, it took a little bit, but you know, in college, I, I, I found who I was. And then, you know, I'd always, my dad's a DJ. So music had like been in my life the entire time, you know? Um, and my dad had even like put on concerts, you know, and it, that's more than like going to DJ at the local bar. So my mm-hmm. dad had concerts with like T-Pain and then there were just other concerts in that area. And I just saw this like need for entertainment with hip hop because I live in a predominantly white area. So, you know, you get a lot of rock shows, you get, you know, EDM DJs and, you know, but when you go out, all you hear is really hip hop. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you got your few country pop bangers that they play, but you hear a lot of hip hop and you hear a lot of people screaming hip hop and singing along. So I was like, why, why aren't we bringing this live entertainment here? And, you know, I quickly like found out why, uh, they don't do that, but, um, you know, they just, it's like a negative notion that they have associated with it, but I'm thankful that, you know, good vibes, my brand, like we have never suffered from any negative uh, interaction publicly or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Um, so. Uh, I started the, my personal music career. I was an artist, um, and that's how I met Jordan. Um, I met him and DJ Love, and you know they kind of took me under their wing and helped shape me along some other guys. Um, so I started out as an artist, but like the business side was like the most appealing to me. Like, um, but and then it was like, how, how do I? Why is the business side appealing? Things like that. So it's like I went to college for finance. Um, you know, growing okay. up. Didn't have a lot of money, you know, and when I did have money, like when we did have money, we weren't smart with the money. So it was like, I want to understand money. I got into finance to understand money. And since I, since getting that knowledge, it's been very different. I live a very different lifestyle and I'm grateful that my daughter will live a very different lifestyle because of the knowledge and the discipline. Um, so, uh, that kind of led me to be more into the details, you know, cause at first it was like, I'm going to do accounting. And then it was like, no, nah, I ain't doing accounting. i went into the finance area and it was like okay so it's attention to detail um and then Mm -hmm. i got into banking so in banking like i really wanted i really wanted to help people like my goal is to just help people you know um banking is tricky but you know i'm I'm there to help you know them understand because a lot of people don't understand their credit a lot of people Mm -hmm. don't understand why they can or cannot get a loan you know they just know if they're approved or denied so but yeah that the college, college, uh, the shift into the side hustle was like, I had, uh, went over a quote came across me while I was in school and it was like, I can't remember what interview it was, but he had said like, you work your nine to five and from five to nine, you work on your side job. And mm-hmm. for me, that's a little different because, you know, I work, um, eight to five and then from five to 10, I go to my other job. And then, so from 10 to like, one i work on my side my passions you know what i'm saying so and then the and then the weekends is where it's like okay i can double down on that a little bit i i i mean i've i've been doing this since i mean actually uh like so february 9th i crossed the five-year mark of doing this podcast congratulations (laughs) thank you i mean it's wild to to say that i mean i started this as i was wrapping up my college career yeah. And then I was like, well, I guess this is the new college career. I remember yeah. s- similar to like your idea of like, you hear a quote of like, you know, what what do you do after work kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Um, and I would just, I remember listening to, so Tim Ferriss is a huge influence on me. And one of the things he always said was like, what's your real life MBA? And part of it for me, was like, I didn't really feel like going to school and taking out a bunch of debt for not a lot of outcome. Like yeah. you might gain a little bit more money 
you like in your hourly wage, but does that outweigh either what you learn or what like by amount of responsibility you have to do? Like you might make more money, but then you're working 80 hours a week. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and you probably aren't going to enjoy as much of that. So for me, doing something like this was always like, well, I can just have fun conversations and continue to learn from others and then also give back is kind of yeah. like, and I think that's a similar through line to what you were talking about. Um, it's interesting. Like, I don't normally hear a lot of people who get into music and then get more attracted on the business side of music. Yeah. Normally, <laughs> normally you get people who are like, I just want to be able to make banger songs and get a bunch of views. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or get a bunch of plays and go play giant stadiums. Like, that's an interesting one. Like, what was it about the numbers side that really drew you? So, like, I I live, like, so, you know, I had, like, many tours. I, I did a bunch of that stuff. You know, it's, like, I've, ha I've had groupie. I've had, like, I've had fans that were, like, we're going to follow you to the next city. And it's, like, I'm just a kid from WIU. Like, I still recorded my dorm room closet. So, this is sweet. You know, so to me, it was like I hit a peak of satisfaction and then it was like, okay, how do you, how does this really work? Cause this, it like, to me, it was like, like, it's like, I have those people that are sticking with me right now, but it's like, how does this really work? How do I get more people? And then it's like, as I learned that side, it was like, I can help people who don't. Cause you know, with, when you're working on your craft, you know, there's a lot of self doubt and I just, I wasn't winning those battles off. Um, just with my sound and things like that so it was like but when it came to this stuff it's like I don't question myself if I'm mm. so like now when I'm if I'm coaching I talked to my artist earlier Lil Scissor about SEO for his YouTube and you know what speaking to him about that there's no hesitation it's all confidence it's I know you need to do this 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 you know so it it's just it, it was different it was different the experience is just different it's like when I was making music, it's like I enjoyed it, but now I'm worried about other people. And so now, when, on the business side, it's like I enjoy it, and I don't, I don't care as much if you think I'm right or wrong. I've done the work to know I'm right. Yeah. And that that can't uh, maybe it's like the instant gratification because the knowledge is out there to for the business side. It's all it's all out there and it's all free for the most part. Um. So that 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 and it's like I've seen success. I've had artists organically you know hit a thousand streams in 24 hours and mm. you know i've my first year managing i had artists opening in chicago for like major acts and it was like this is their first year making music i got them on a stage like for free in chicago like like that so and it was like i don't i don't know how i looking back it was like i, I kind of lucked out with like shaking the right hand for that but it was just like right. i did that in my first year so it's like okay I'm good at this. Let me keep building. Yeah, on. like there's something you understand about the skill set that requires you. You sound almost like a producer, <laughs> or a, like an, like so, like cross between like an agent and a producer. I don't really. <laughs> yeah. Well, the interesting thing is, is like my friend Tyler in that I met in college, like he was a booking agent and I was an artist, so it was like okay, like things are coming together. The public. But I would like, I would be hanging out with him and like, he'd be working for one of his other clients and it's like, yo, so how do you do this? How do you do that? Yo, that's dope. Like, that's crazy that it works out like that. And so I'm like watching and learning from him because he was mm -hmm. a booking agent and he was very prominent. Like we got into free shows all the time. Like, um, I've met Lewis, a child. I've met Waka Flocka, like backstage, like, yo, what's up, James? How you, like, what's your name? And it's like, oh, I'm James. It's like, oh, nice. <laughs> 
And it, that's crazy, right? Well, I'm in right. college, but like sheltered, <laughs> yeah. like sheltered kid, like didn't do much, didn't leave like my area. So to, I'm in college, I meet this kid and we're doing all these crazy things. And it's like, yo, being on the back end is not that bad if, you know, I still get to meet these guys. Right. I mean, because that's why you got into music, right? Because you get to meet all these people that yeah. you looked up to. And it's like, if you don't like, especially too, it's like, I think, um, who was I listening to? There was an author I was listening to. It was Mark Manson, the guy who made the subtle art of not giving a fuck. Yeah. yeah okay, that okay. author. So he's been going on tour with talking about like his new, he's got a documentary coming out, I think, about his, his work. Because he blew up and like the book is stratospheric, you know, like yeah. it's insane. But what he was saying is like, there's certain things like people will be unfulfilled. And it's like a lot of people, especially once you're a successful author, people come up to you and be like, well, I want to be an author. But then they don't, it's like, you choose the things like the pain that you are most comfortable with, yeah. right? So it's like, for you, it sounded like making music and having doubt about like the quality of your music or whatever else it entailed just wasn't your flavor of pain you wanted to deal with. But yeah, like yeah. helping other people, helping elevate other people was kind of like, I could do this. Like, this is fine. Like, I enjoy it. whatever reason. It's like, there's, a, there's the secret sauce in here is I enjoy helping propel other people to their whatever level they want to get to. Yeah. And, and that's, that's what it was like. I mean, it, the outside of like the managing side, like putting on shows, dude, like mm -hmm. I've brought, um, my very first major act. Cause I I've done showcases with, um, emerging artists from the area. Um, but my first major act was Montana 300. I had a dude come and he was like, you put this on. I was like, yeah, man. Like, what do you think of the show? And he was like, he just started crying. And I was like, yo, are you okay? And he gave me a hug. He gave me a big ass hug, like for a minute, bro. Like you would have thought like, this is my best friend. I hadn't seen him in six years. He gave me a hug and he was just, and we talked and he was like, my parents don't let me travel to, to, to concerts or anything. So like, I appreciate you bringing this here. Yeah, and I was awesome. just like, whoa, like, cause that, that's a moment I'll never forget. Cause at first it's like, why is this grown man crying to me? And he was like, and he wasn't a grown man. He was like 18. Um, but I was just like, that's the kind of impact I have is like, you know, there he'll, t he was telling me about how Montana's music inspires him when he does like that. And then he was like, I can't believe I got to see him live in my hometown. And it was just like, yeah, I'm, I, I'm doing something, I'm doing something right. You know? So, it, yeah, so it was, I mean, it that's, good. that's so dope. Like for me, I mean, I've had many conversations with my closest friends, just like the impact music has on us. And I think. Music is one of those things that like transcends so much. Like yeah. it, it speaks to something and it's like, especially I think with like the post pandemic stuff, I think people are going to realize that you can't translate everything to the digital world. Like there's a, yeah. there's a different energy. I'm sure you get this, Like you could speak <laughs> like, oh, go ahead and speak on as much as you want. But like, like being on stage, even if it's a small show, I think some of the smaller shows I've been to personally have been some of the best shows I've ever been to where it's just like one tiny bar room effectively and it's like yeah. maybe 200 people if that you know <laughs> and it's like wall to wall and everyone like almost everything is front stage right like <laughs> yeah yeah so I like to Go ahead. I like to tell people like music is universal that mm -hmm. that's a it's a universal language like whether there's words or not like you're gonna you're gonna feel it you you're gonna feel it it's a universal language whether it's happy sad mad like you're gonna feel that so one thing that um just grasped me about music is how universal it is because like this kid didn't look like me you know he didn't look like me and he was like i'm never going to forget this 
like even now on Facebook, like I'll see people with like, cause they, I do meet and greets um, and they can meet the people that come. And like, even now there's still people like with pictures of them in Montana 300 and Quincy. And it's like, wow, I did that. I, I, you know, that, that moment, like it's been years. I think that was a 2019. Um, wow. Yeah. And it's like, we're in 2023 and it's like, it was 2022, but it was like, man, years later, you're, that moment is still like just is sitting with you to where you want to just put broadcast it. And it's like, wow, that's so cool. I, you know, so yeah, a little, little like, pat on the back. <laughs> I mean, it's like the things you do that wouldn't have happened otherwise, right? Like, there's, yeah, there's a certain, and it's not like, I mean, it's kind of like a humble brag, right? Because it's not like you, like you help set that up. So there could be that magical moment for someone else. Yeah. Right. And it's, yeah. it's in those, I mean, how many people do you talk to that you ask them what their first concert was or their mer most memorable concert was? And they, boom, immediately. No yeah. hesitation. Like, <laughs> yeah. especially when you go to a small town, like I'm assuming Quincy's pretty tiny in comparison to like, say, Chicago. But <laughs> yeah, we're, we're a solid 40,000. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> That's like one suburb of where I live. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I mean, I, I, I love that, honestly. Like for me, I remember, even for me, it's like, I remember seeing the biggest concerts that I got to go to, like, you know, as I got older, um, I got to go to Riot Fest in 2011. Yeah. And, like, I hadn't really gone to, like, any major concerts, really. Like, you know, smaller stuff with my parents, that, like, for free, maybe, like, 4th of July or yeah. something like that, right? At, like, a convention just happens to be band playing. But then it's, like, senior year of high school, we get to go to Riot Fest with my friends, and my parents don't come with, obviously. And it's, like, we're there for three days. Yeah. I get to see Blink-182 on stage for, like, the last time. I mean, now they're back together. But still, it was, like, at that point, yeah. it was, like, oh, my God. I didn't know it was going to be the last time I got to see Tom DeLonge, who I had only ever listened to in a garage with my friends <laughs> growing up in high school, yeah. right? And next thing you know, in a crowd of people, everyone's singing along, and then you're just, like, I'm going to crowd surf here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's those, like, things that will never leave your memory, no matter what. Like, because I lost my friends in the crowd, obviously, because everyone rushes the stage. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not going to find them in this. So I'm like, I'm going to crowd surf so I can find them. <laughs> and so I'm, like, literally on the crowd. I'm like, I found them. So then when I get thrown over the fence, I'm like, nowhere to go now. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. You know, just memories like that, that you'll never forget because it's like, you had to be there, right? It's yeah. like that you, you had to be there kind of thing that I think is, is one of those special moments that can't be understated when, especially when it comes to the music. I mean, even yeah. seeing shows with Jordan, like when he was on stage at a few places, like I'll never forget those moments just being like, yo, I, like my friend got to play at that place that's now closed kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it, they did a lot they were super active and that just and that goes back to like um the the passion in it for me it's like how did they get on that stage you know I, i'm curious to that you know i'm sure they had a great set but how did they get there that's what yeah. i'm you know so but, you got to convince yeah. people that, like how do you get people to say yes to someone like do you have to give demos like what what is, what is it like what does it get like someone to take the chance especially in someone new like that's the yeah. hardest thing i would say yeah, the the pitching process is so weird. So, um, for me, when I because my first artist I managed was Joel Stevenson, um, uh, and with that came a lot of responsibility because we're both new. And I told him I was like, and I really, um, so I phrase it as manager because that is the role I play on his team. But it's more of a partnership because 
my schedule, you know? So I do like to say like, it's a partnership. You know, I don't, I don't take off the top from streams or, you know, anything like that. So it's more of a partnership and it's like, look, if you were willing to grow with me, we'll make it work. But, um, you know, it came from, we had worked through this promoter once before with another artist that I was partnered with when I was, um, focused on booking. Um, and he was like, Hey, do you have any artists interested in this? And I was just like, yeah, I do. This is, this was, this was, uh, Joel's second time performing live and he opened up for Davies and at the WC social club in Chicago. And it, so it was like, man, it, it really can't be that easy. After that moment, I realized it's not that easy. You know, there's a lot of pitching. There's a, how many, how many tickets can they sell? You know, how many people right. are they going to break through the door? And it's, and it's like, are they a good performer? So the next time we went up there, I had a show, um, my artist Kamari was also was opening up for Montana 300 at the WC. This is a year later. Um, and the, I, I keep the photos from this because Kamari is a great performer. He has great music. Same with Joel, um, great music. Um, he's a great performer. Like we are still developing and learning at that. So, but we go back up there. Um, and he opens for Montana 300. We go first because Kamari's from Indiana. So it's like, he doesn't have a real draw. You gotcha. know, so the promoter doesn't, there's not a big W for booking this guy to open, you know? So we go, um, you know, I try to be very professional. Here's his music. Here's what, you know, we didn't sell, we didn't sell tickets, but I always buy tickets. You know, if, if he comes with friends, I buy the tickets for me and his friends and we'll support. So he, he has his set and he blows the promoter away, blew him away. He was like, I've never seen someone went over a crowd that quick going first. And I was just like, that's what it is, you know? I, and so since then he's like, Hey, are you guys interested in this show? You know, we're con mm. I'm contacted like rather quickly for opportunities now after he saw that. And he's like, I've never seen anyone, you know? And then it was like, can I talk? He was like, you should bring him over here. We should talk. Like, and we sold merchandise after he made like $300 off selling his merchandise. And he went first. So he, he goes first and, you know, no one really pays attention to the opening acts. No way. Nope. <laughs> so he goes first. He goes first. There, everyone is talking to him at the bar. And, you know, like if it's my show or like a promoter I'm friends with, it's like, no, we're not going to steal the crowd, you know, go support the next act. But, you know, this is random. So it's like. We don't know the next guy going, you know, it's not my oh, man. Okay. You, you won this attention, you know, bask in it. So we're standing at the bar. The people in the audience all like swarm over and they're all talking to him and like, like, do you have any merchandise? Do you have? And really we came unprepared. So, cause we didn't know. Right. So it was just, <laughs> it was amazing. But it, you know, there's a lot of little things that go into getting placed on those. And sometimes yeah. it is as easy as, you know, you pay them. It can't be that easy, mm. but, you know, pay to play is not always a win. Um, but I tell people, like, if you pay to perform somewhere, take something to sell so you can make your money back. Because, I mean, you can sell tickets, but, you know, it's hard to sell tickets if you're five hours away from the venue. So it's like, take something to sell. Yeah, because you're not going to have, like, the name to be able, unless you already have a standing. Like, I feel like it's different now when you have Spotify, YouTube, and all those different levels of reach. But if you're still starting out, getting that, like, natural traction is still difficult in, yeah in this and it, world <laughs> and it is because you 
I mean, if you look at it like this, like if the show starts at eight and the headliner doesn't go on to eleven, there's like ten acts before the headliner. So it's like you could easily be forgotten if you don't leave an impact. You know? Yeah, so, you got to be real good. <laughs> yeah, so it's, so I tell people, I tell because I do consultations for people, and you know they don't they don't like paying for it, and I do give a lot of free gems, but it's like I paid for some of the information I got. I put the time in the sweat equity too, so it's like man, it's $20 if you want to talk for an hour, like, and I'll give you mm -hmm. everything in that hour. Um, but it's like, I tell them, I was like, take cards with a QR code, make it easy for them to follow you. You know what I'm saying? Make it easy for them. If you're, if you paid to be there, if you paid or if you didn't pay, if you're doing a live performance, you should take something to sell because there's a chance that it, it may not be a lot of people, but if one person is like, dude, you're awesome. Do you have any merchandise? I want to remember this. Like, you don't want to be like, oh, I don't have anything, man. Sorry. Like, yeah, get you, know, you, you want to have something like, um, or at least have a card to your website or something that you yeah, can yeah. Be like shout me out on whatever, please. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's like, so and I tell people, I tell artists all the time, like after you perform somewhere, like if that promoter has a production company, like post a clip on your, on your stories, thanking them for having you, you know, at the end of the day, they don't, they don't care. They don't, you know. How do I phrase this? At the end of the day, on the level of importance at the time, you're not you're not very high. But I guarantee you're gonna stick out if you thank them for having you and they see that notification. Yeah. So, you Plus know it's free PR for for that publisher because it's like, oh cool, like hey, one of it's just reciprocal, right? Like you're yeah. just le leaving everyone with warm and fuzzies is is the idea, right? Like you yeah. want to be a good no. sport. <laughs> no. I could go. I could go on with things I would recommend artists do, um, but uh, it's just before I got into hosting concerts myself, it was like I love to go to them. Like, like mm -hmm. you and crowd surfing. I think that's crazy. I've probably been to over a hundred concerts and never crowd surfed. I don't. I, really? My anxiety won't let me. I've I've seen people do it, uh, you know, but it's just like it's not me. But I think that's so cool. You know, one I mean, day, one day I'll just be like, "Fuck it, I'm here." Wow. That's but, that's exactly what happened. I was just like. This is Blink-182 playing, and I don't know where my friends are. And I was like, at first, I was like running through mosh pits that were just forming randomly. I'm just like, okay, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna wait till there's a gap and just like run through. And I'm like, okay, this is gonna, like, I was not, I'm not a big person, so like, this is gonna be a mistake. At some point, I'm gonna get elbowed in the face. You know what I mean? And I'm like, and then I just saw like one guy like just jump on somebody's shoulder, and everyone just like, oh, okay, I guess we're just crowd surfing this guy now. So I just did the same thing, and I'm like, okay, it's working. No plan at all. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I'm not a big again. It's like advantage of not being a big person. So it's like, oh wait, it's just. <laughs> but yeah. it's like one of those things, especially like being at Riot Fest, like just at a crazy, like huge venue where there's stages all over the place. It's not nearly as big as Lollapalooza, but you know, it's it's more of like the punk rock slash yeah. kind of metal for for those who don't know. But it's pretty big out here in the Midwest. It comes every year and you know it was like the first few times i've seen a band bands like guar like i've never knew never knew who the heck guar was until i got there and i was like oh boy <laughs> oh, is this something you still go to i haven't gone in a couple years because that like i'm not like super caught up to like mainstream music like my my, yeah. my style of music is more of like how would you even call it like chill melodic edm is kind of my my forte okay. now for like focusing because like, a lot of the, the work i do is all like thinking work so i just need yeah. stuff that kills the background noise for me so i don't really like 
the music I listen to now isn't really like <laughs> no, I that, feel. Th- that high energy anymore, unfortunately. <laughs> I've yeah. ne- also never been super mainstream person when it comes to music tastes, but that's really not really a, a, a <laughs> main point at all. Um, kind of going back to what you were talking about with the artist, though. What did, like, say you're talking to, like, a new artist, what would be, like, the top one or two things you would recommend either they stop doing or start doing right now to, like, help promote themselves? You know, To, like, make themselves more attractive to either getting on stage or whatever it is that they're trying to do to just jumpstart their presence. So I tell a lot, like, people that want to perform other places, professionalism is really good. just to start there, like, uh, I sat down with a, a, a promoter in my area, he, uh, Rios Mios, and he was like, people just say, like, yo, you're the promoter guy. And it was just like, okay, that's cool for what we're doing, but it was like, okay, if you want to go be on stage in front of 300 people, you have to, hey, I'm this person, you know, I, I've i been to a few of your shows, or um, I think it's dope that you're bringing him to the area. I like what you're doing. Like, is there any, do you have any openings? Um, just the professionalism aspect is really good. And then um, just, and then like your content needs to be good. Like, I know everyone's like content, 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 content. But like, <laughs> I, I don't think it's like you need to post every day. But I think it, it needs to be worth watching. Like if, if, if you message me to be on my show and it's like, okay, did they send me their music or did I have to go look for it? Like, did they make it easy for me to find them? Like, if I click on their social media, are they actively, like, pushing their music? You know, um, I don't think promoters are as entitled as, oh, this looks like it was, like, filmed for, like, I can't book him. You know, I don't I don't think that goes into it, but it's like, okay, are you actively pushing your music? Like, is music something you really want to do? Or are you just, like, a, hobby, a hobbyist? And there's nothing wrong with being a hobbyist and, trying to do stuff like that which because uh, honestly hobbyists are the people that are probably willing to just be like oh it's four hundred dollars i have four hundred dollars here um more so than someone that takes it serious and that's just that's neither here nor there but i don't know the things i look for when people ask me to be on shows is like how do they approach me um i'm cool i'm at the level where it's like yo you do shows like how do i get on a show i'm at a level where like that's okay i'm not gonna be like you don't talk to people like that you know i'm not that's not who i am <laughs> Um, so it's, so I look for that and then I look for, okay, does your music, is your music quality good? Um, are you active? Like, cause my showcase, my showcases are for hobbyists, but my shows, I don't make artists pay to be on them unless they want to make money from ticket sales. Mm-hmm. And that usually comes with a good following. So it's like, okay, have I seen you perform before? Do you have any performance clips? Are you a good performer? Cause my thing as a promoter is I would much rather, like, don't get me wrong, it sucks losing money, but mm-hmm. I would much rather give a more quality show than just to say I threw a show. Like, um, right. I did Kirk Bangs and for my last year on Spookfest. That's cool. And I, it, was a lot, it was a lot of hiccups and a lot of things went wrong, but it was just like mm-hmm. the show went so well that no one even acknowledged the fact that, you know, he didn't perform Kirko didn't perform the length he was supposed to like mm. you know because the people that opened before him them, they felt like they got their money's worth that's a quality show to me that's a quality show it's like yeah they have no idea that Kirko was supposed to perform 20 minutes longer because they felt like wow this is a good night you know i paid to see Kirko, but i got 
so I got so much more. You know, I got Joel Stevenson, I got AB, I got Kamari, I got Nick Moody. You know, so it was just like, okay, this was this was worth. It. And so I would cool. I would much rather throw a quality show than just this guy paid me two fifty. Go up there, you got ten minutes. Right, <laughs> you know, and then more money at the bar where you don't make any money, and they're not thinking of the quality of the show. You know, they're waiting until Kirko comes on, and it's like mm-hmm. if, if that was the case, if you know, I did throw just anyone up there, and they didn't grasp the attention of them, and they spent time at the bar, they would have noticed that Kirko cut his set. <laughs> you know, so right. it's just like, um, yeah. So that's kind of that's kind of what I look for as a promoter, just. How active are you? Um, are you a good performer? Because I do host showcases. Have you have you supported me? Like, and that's where it comes back to you know share. If you get booked, share on your IG story. Thank that promoter. It's like I'm I'm to where it's like that would mean a lot to me to be right. shared on your story and highlighted. That would mean a lot to me because I'm still building my platform. You know, I put a lot of money in ads for shows. So, and I don't make people pay to get on them. So it's like. If you can help cut my expenses by shedding light on what I'm doing, that's great. <laughs> right. <laughs> Everything counts, right? And it's like th- what I've heard recently, and I, I really do agree with this, like, especially in the like podcasting world or even something like promoting, it's like every conversation, every show that goes well, it's like a layer of paint. And you're just basically building that mountain one layer at a time. And, yeah. and it's like you're building your living resume. Because you never know, you know, like all these guys you're, that are like first, second time or, you know, first 10 times on being on stage, who knows where they're going to be in five, 10 years. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like they could be the next whoever, right. The next big name that everybody's talking about. And it's like, people are going to be like, wait, where did they start? And next, you know, they're going to be like, you know, just because of how you've, the, the internet is linked nowadays. You're going to be one of the first names that's probably going to be popping up if that ever happens. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. It, and. and that's the coolest thing is like when your name is mentioned in rooms you've never been in in a positive light. That's mm-hmm. that's uh, like for podcasts, for example, I was I've been, like I went to lunch with my friend today. I was like, yeah, I have a podcast interview tonight. Um, I'm excited because I listen to your podcast. So it's so cool to be on the platform. And I, he, so he texted me. He was like, are you still doing your podcast interview? Because he was going to watch it live. Like he was like, oh, was wow. Like, yeah. I was like, it's it's going to be pre-recorded, But like, you know, so it's like that 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 it means a lot that's, it means a that's lot that's awesome yeah that's that's i mean that's exciting for me to hear just it's like yeah so you you got a new <laughs> you got a couple new listeners all the way to, yeah I, I put it on my staff story that you know i was interviewing and you know i do like i don't know what it is about people because i asked i asked on my twitter i was like if you guys get interviewed do you guys feel like you have to push like the episodes or what you're on people were like I do because I want people to hear my story. And then I have people saying, no, not really, because it's not their platform. And I was just like, that doesn't make any sense to me because they took the time to, you know, to have a conversation with you, whether it went good or it went poorly. Like they took the time. I, I would appreciate it if you just p- push it. But, you know, so I, yeah. I plan on, I'm like grateful. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like for me, it's, it's like part of the reason I just changed my philosophy on this. I'm curious what you have to say, but like, you know, when I first started doing this kind of stuff, I was always just wanted to be not about my face, but about the people I'm talking to or the ideas I'm talking about. I'm a very yeah. idea centric person. And like, how do you orient yourself in the world to operate well? And I'm, this is kind of like, this is totally how is the sausage made? <laughs> so for those people who want to be meta, this is <laughs> for all for you. But like, 
I normally don't talk about this, but this is like how I think. And it, for me, it's like, okay, well, especially with getting on YouTube and doing more video like we're doing now, I'm like, oh wait, people really do enjoy like connecting to a face, even if it's static. Um, yeah. And it's like, I can't hide from the impact that I have on this thing. <laughs> yeah. As much as I don't want it to be about me, like it's like there's there's a certain fraction of this that is unavoidably me. <laughs> wow. because i'm the the connection through it all and but part of it too is still it's like i want to do justice to anyone i have on and be able to kind of cut through because i started doing this um like right around 2016 where all like the division and the kind of the yeah. craziness within the political world started really getting crazy and i don't think it's gotten really much better or <laughs> some would I say do. worse um yeah, but this is <laughs> this is not a political discussion by any means um but really what as i've always wanted is just like we should just talk to people more instead of passing judgment and being like well this person has bad opinions and i'm going to be angry well why don't you just ask them honest questions not in attacking way not in a judgmental way just be like hey tell me like why do you believe that or where did that come from and just explain your life or as much as you're willing to explain to me and i think at the end of the day almost everyone can be like oh okay i might not agree with you but I see where you're coming from. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I agree. Because it, 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 it really can be like that simple. Yeah. Like really it doesn't can. have to be crazy. And it's like, yeah, I mean, I'm, we're all trying to do this to like further, maybe not an agenda, but like we have experiences th and things that are worth sharing. <clears throat> and like, I'm sure I'd love to be successful and stuff like that. But it's like, I get so much value from this. Just like, even if this was never recorded and it didn't go online, I'd still find value from this personally. It's just yeah. a bonus that I get to share it with the internet. And like, hey, I don't know how other people are going to take this, but I hope that it's like, there's a gem in here that it's like, oh damn, if you want to be in music or whatever, like you, yeah. something gets recommended and someone runs with it and it like sets them on a trajectory to go do the thing they didn't think they could do dope keep yeah. doing it <laughs> yeah i mean and you did that for me for my podcast so <laughs> right and that like that's what it's all about in in some sense like i was always that like young kid who was into like science and engineering and stuff like that but i didn't really have like mentors per se to like hey this is what you go to in the world yeah and so a lot of this is just like okay well if there was something that a younger me would want that should have existed when I was little, like, what would it look like? And it's like, well, I guess this looks like this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm just doing that until it gets boring or transitions to something different. But like, yeah. it's always just scratching your own itch. I think it's like, and that's why I, for me, I'd never wanted to just do one topic. Cause I think it's, it's, there's so much to explore in the world. <laughs> like, yeah. Like I might not be as into music and stuff as you, but like, there's still parts of it that I'm like, damn, there's like, there's a lot to dig through and who knows, maybe it'll apply. I mean, like yeah. business, the business side of everything, like a lot of what you've already said with, when it comes to like, even for a musician, like, Hey, you got to still learn about like, what's your reach look like? Or, Hey, what are like, how active are you? Like, do you, do you post regularly enough? Even if it's just once a week or something Yeah. like, how are you automating yourself? Like all these like quote unquote boring things, right? Like the business stuff, yeah. like, it's like the things that are hidden, like the invisible work that you have to do. And you know all about this. Like, yeah, yeah. Like all, all the things. Like I remember when I was, I was working on, um, I'm sure, I'm curious what you would have to say, but like I was doing some like at like um, animation type stuff. Like I was trying to get intros ready for like YouTube stuff. Yeah. And I was working on a four second intro 
for like hours. And I made like 10 different iterations of it. And I'm like, this thing is four seconds long. And I spent like <laughs> six hours trying to do this thing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm like, like, but you love every second of it because you're like working on like. <laughs> yeah, you're like in the zone. Uh, yeah, you're in the zone. Because I, all right, so for the the YouTube channel that I run where I share music and, you know, things like that. Um, I had to come up with like, how do I want this to look when they're playing it? Do I just want a picture in the background? Mm-hmm. You know, cause for, cause you know, to, to 10 hours on a four second intro, mine was very similar. Cause it was like, I don't know anything about editing, but you know, I kind of like what I'm doing. So I'll figure it out. So. I yeah. It, it's, you know, it's these little things that you like spend ungodly amount of time on something that doesn't really last very long. And you're like, yeah, yeah. You're like, oh my God. But they're going like to watch you, it and not think, they're like, oh, that didn't take very long. It's like, it took me uh, half a day. <laughs> right. You're like, I adjusted that thing. I had to move it over and light it up perfectly every time. But that's yeah. like the perfectionist. You know, it's like the perfectionist in all, all of us who, who do these kind of things. Because you, you see all the imperfections, right? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, you're yeah. so close to it. <clears throat> but I think, you know, part of it too for me, and I'm curious what you'd have to say, is like, what skills have you p- picked up on that, like, you wouldn't have realized you would be like pick up along the way. Like just for me, for podcasting, like, you know, the easy thing to say is you, you hit record and and then you record audio and that's about it. Right. Like that's the easy part of it. But then, you know, since then I've learned graphic design, I've learned audio mixing. Like you already had some of that background because of music, but I didn't really have that. And thankfully I'm not doing mixing with instruments because that's a whole nother level. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Natural voice is so much easier to work with. Yeah. But, you know, it's like all these other skills that just get pulled in because you're like, well, if you care about the quality of a thing, and that's kind of what you were saying with the show, right? Like, you could just be like, well, give me X amount of dollars, you'll get on stage, and I, but I'm not going to help you or I'm not going to try and yeah. whatever. Like, but like, you care about like the presentation and I mean, I don't know, this is not a technical term, but the vibe of the show, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, and I definitely want to go pin that one. Like, I really want to come back to like vibe because I think you have like a, you had a thing on your, on your, um, it's like vibe check or is what it's called. Yeah. So yeah. I want to go back to that and, and like just vibe categorically. Like what, do you, like it's kind of like taste, right? <laughs> so my vibe check series, uh, is a showcase series. It, the idea started, um, you know, I, I look for talent. I, cause I want to put good performers on the big stage. Like if you can help me give, the people paying 20 25 to be here a good show like i will reward you every time by putting you in front of you know 50 to 100 people to make your fan because it is being in the small area it's really tough to it's really tough to draw no matter who it is no matter who it is like mm-hmm. montana's still my biggest show but my best show is probably jaren benton but back to the showcases so i, I do the showcase competitions you know and i'm, I'm i like to think i'm fair as far as what i experienced what my friends have experienced as a promoter like so it's like it's 50 bucks and we split ticket sales 50 50 so if you sell as many tickets as you want you keep 50 percent of it if you want to sell merch you can sell merch at the show at the show i take no percentage of it because i'm a, a diy uh diy promoter so i have to pay the rent venue so it's like it's nice to have a guarantee um so the vibe checks the the goal of those is to find talent to put on a bigger stage to have a better outcome of final presentation of the show um and with that that's how i found kamari that's how that's dope (laughs) yeah so um we i did a vibe check tour and it was like i'm booking 
people from that area to perform in these locations. Um, and my very first one like flopped. I went to a smaller town than the one I live in, and the artists that were supposed that from there that were supposed to perform like backed out like while oh. I'm driving up there. So um, Kamari still drove from Indiana. They had a and it started as a competition, so I I paid out. There was a grand prize, you know, expecting there to be ticket sales and stuff like that. But it was like I paid for the venue. I got paid a grand prize. Hopefully, you know, I can break even. You know, I had to change that format because I can't just be paying out $400 to have no one in the crowd. You know, that's just bad business. Um, so he came up and he, he put on a great show. Like he even had the other artists like, whoa, like, so, and then the next weekend we went over to Peoria and we did a show and that one had a great turnout. Like the atmosphere was just, you know, I don't look for a certain sound at the vibe checks i just look for i'm looking for artists who are talented and can perform and they want to take mm -hmm. their music to the next level granted i'm not gonna i'm not gonna be hands-on and helping you get there but it's like when you perform for a show it's like keep track of how many tickets you sold that's very important because quincy is close to st louis if you can sell 30 tickets in quincy you can probably sell 30 tickets in st louis if not you know? double that just because of volume yeah yeah <laughs> People in Quincy are so used to driving to St. Louis for shows already. So it's like, you're opening for Tech 9 in St. Louis? Hell yeah, I'll buy a ticket. Tech 9 is huge in Quincy. He's someone that you often hear there. So it's like, okay. wow, you got a chance to open for Tech 9 in St. Louis. I'll pay $30 and drive down there to support you. Mm -hmm. So it's like, so it's like you can tell your promoter, hey, he's, he's, he has a fan base here. I can sell this amount of tickets. I've sold that many here. I've already got, like, I can, I believe I can do this. You know, you take that to him in your pitch and it's like, okay, we'll work with you, you know? Yeah. So, and, and it's kind of like, you wouldn't have that, you wouldn't have that ticket history if you hadn't performed because I'm the only one that does hip hop shows there. You know, they don't, they play hip hop music in the bars, and, but they don't, it has a negative notion to it. People just think the absolute worst when you say rap, because my very first show was at the Joker's Lounge, right? Mm -hmm. This is like even the event spaces like that put that are like built to have concerts were telling me no, and it was and now they tell me yes now I can now I can, you know it's like hey I have you're a changing, show you're yeah. changing the paradigm a little bit <laughs> yeah so it's like hey are you guys free this weekend you know I'll give you my deposit now it's like that but before it was like it would be like no and they wouldn't so just, shout out to Angie at the Joker Lounge gave my first <laughs> shot and I always give her credit because that show was like. Oh, he's serious. Nothing happened. It was safe. It was all these things. We can do that. So now it's like, everyone's like, you should have a show here. You should have a show here. And it's like, now they're even like letting me do it for free because Angie lets me book for free. So it's wow. just like, yeah. So it's like, now they're like, oh, you don't have to pay us anything if you do it here. And it's just like, I think I'm going to go over there unless I like need the extra capacity. But you're building the rapport for, for you know, because you're, you're become consistent. You're not going to flake on people and you bring a certain like what is the word professionalism i would assume you know because you're doing the vetting process of like making sure these people aren't shady or whatever yeah. you know i yeah. i think it's it's something that's really important like because people think it's like you just do one thing and you don't affect like the larger network so to speak but like yeah i think you're really proving the point that like especially i think maybe it's just heightened because you're working with smaller towns and smaller venues and stuff so it's like they're really looking for like you're looking for smaller people who are what's the word like hungry enough to get after it right like yeah if you come up here in like chicagoland area that you like 
if you find those music venues, they're, they're booked probably every weekend, have yeah. way too many people that are asking, that kind of thing, right? Yeah. Like, whereas, like, your kind of area, it's like, no, you're looking for people who are going to commit. Like, you're looking for the people who are like, no, let's just, like, I'm. this is what I want to do, and I'm like, I'm going to have to just take risks because otherwise I'm either I'm going to have to move somewhere else or yeah, I just don't care enough to do this, right? But what I was going to say is, like, have you ever, uh, like, offered any of the people you work with who maybe, like, are really like new like there's a thing in i forget who maybe kelly starred or something like that but he there's a blog post that circulated a couple it's old now like maybe 10 years old but it's called a thousand true fans um and basically it's this it's like kind of this evergreen idea of like all you have to do is find a thousand true fans yeah and and you just find those people who just are going to support you no matter what and you're always going to be able to make something successful because a thousand people is not like it sounds like a small number but it's not like <laughs> it's not it i like just the perspective of thing it's like imagine a thousand people like in front of you you right. know that's a lot of people and uh, uh that that plays into you know how many likes your post gets that's all that it's it, it's all you know it all matters like people are like only 10 people like this but if 10 people were standing right here and we're like, yo, that's dope. You'd be like, fuck yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? You know, um, that's a really good point. Like, people downplay it so much, but it's like, yo, you get 10 people, like, who want to give you a high five and say, yo, that was legit. Like, Yeah, it's like, yeah, that, you know, that was legit. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I and I agree, because, um, and it's, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard. Like, I will say, like, Joel, we went on a, we went on a, like, we had a good year, like, 50,000 streams, you know, we're, we sold good amount of merchandise and it's just like, wow, like, you know, you have fans, we're mailing merchandise all over the United States. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, and it's like, okay, now we got some collecting dust, but it's like, we had 20 people buy shirts that we don't know. Mm -hmm. We don't know. We don't, they're just fans of his music. So it's like, if 20 people bought tickets that you didn't know to support you, it would, it, you gotta like, you gotta look at it like that. Um, but I, I do agree with that because I've, I've read that. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I had a feeling you probably had come across it because <laughs> yeah. it's kind of common in, the, in like the entrepreneur group. <laughs> yeah, because I would even say I would even say nowadays it's 100 people. You get 100 people to share your music. Like, come on. Oh, yeah. I mean, you get people to share your stuff. It's like that organic just growth of just people yeah. who are just like, yo, this person did something that's cool. Like, yeah. Or or someone gets excited about the thing you're you're doing. You, I don't know. It's it's been one of those things that like I I just doubled down on doing like. I think I did like three months of just reels. I posted one reel every day, and it's a grind. It, it was a lot of work, but I have like <laughs> you know two hundred podcasts that I could go through and just be like, okay, where's like a you know under a minute yeah. clip that I can find? But you know, it's just a lot of work of like just forcing myself to just find one little gem to just post. Yeah. Um, I've fallen out of the habit since I'm posting more of these long form ones now, but it's, it's one of those things. It's like, Oh yeah. Okay. This is, I didn't expect it to be like a thing, but then it's every so often. It's still hard to predict, honestly, what's going to be like a big one or not. <laughs> but yeah. like, but like every so often you get that one where it's like, damn, that, that, that was, that just popped off for some reason. Yeah. I don't know why. And and then it's just like you just get people and you know it's like how like you were saying earlier with like bringing QR codes it's like path of least resistance it's like 
hey, you post a clip, make sure that links to an episode somewhere else, either to a website or if it's already on YouTube, make sure like the end card shows up. It's yeah. like, how do you just keep people like exploring the things you're creating or somehow? Yeah. I mean, for something like I'm doing where it's information based, it's easier, but like for music, it's I think it's a little bit easier because I'm sure it's like playlists and stuff like that is like the way people get reached. Yeah, that's a, a common thing. Um, but it, I would say, you know, TikTok has been great. Um, yeah, I didn't even think about that one. Reels, YouTube shorts, like I would, I would say that even more so because playlisting, don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with playlisting, but you know, if you get taken off a playlist, only a few of the, you know, like ask yourself, like when you turn on a random playlist, like do you often find yourself taking songs from that playlist? to add to yeah probably not unless i really really enjoy it <laughs> yeah yeah and, and that's the thing a lot of people just let the playlist play like even if it's mm -hmm. dope it's on this playlist so i'll just play this playlist again until yeah. it's not and they're not going to realize it's not on there you know so um so but i think playlists are great that's really what you know drove a lot of attention like joel has a thousand followers on spotify not monthly listeners but followers so it's like a thousand people are notified every time he drops whether they play on the song or not like they're still notified that he dropped the song yeah you know so um so playlists are great but it, it was more so the organic reach of reels shorts yeah and um, are people paying for this is totally like an aside just my curiosity is peak but are people paying for like hey, go make a reel using my song it doesn't matter what it is yeah. But, like, just play the song in the reel or the short, whatever it happens to be. Yeah. So, influencer marketing is, is like, huge right now. So, you can get people to dance to it um, mm -hmm. and, or use it, like, in their skit. Or, like, a lot of people don't know, like, even if they use, like, if they use a song on the podcast, let's say you use, like, one of Kamari's song in the podcast under it, that counts as a stream every time someone listens to it. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, it's just, it's it's ways, but it's, like, it's it's indirectly so it's like it's it's probably not going to build fans because they're not listening to the podcast for the music they're listening to for the right. conversation unless you make a music podcast that's about getting it out there yeah yeah <laughs> but, but so. that's a different i mean that's the thing it's like what's unique about podcasts is it's such a broad like it's such a catch-all term <laughs> yeah 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 um, because i i interviewed with someone who do, who does play like a live song during their podcast and i was like this is crazy and that that's what made me like does that count for anything and that's what that's how I learned that yeah it does. So it's like okay, how do I incorporate that mm. to what I'm doing for them too? So, uh, but yeah, yeah, I would I'd say a big a big thing now for marketing aspect for songs is like you for yeah your music does have to be good. It has it just has to be good, you know. Um, but you know there's there's still the street stickers slapping them up with the QR code like. I, I still tell my guys, like, we should do stickers, like, take them to shows. Because people will, like, slap them on their laptop. People will do that. like And it's like, oh, I forgot what this is. And they'll scan it. And it's like that, you know, there's ways to keep track of how many people yep. scan. And so, I, 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 dude, I'll talk about music all night. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's all good. I, I'm, I'm just asking you all these questions. Because, I mean, this applies not just to music, but anyone who's trying to build whatever thing. You know, it's yeah. like, how do you... I mean, analytics is huge. Just in understanding what's your reach like. What are you doing? You know, are you doing it well? It's like, yeah. And I mean, and at a certain point, you have to just kind of get stuff out there first. So don't, don't just be stuck with analysis paralysis. But yeah. <laughs> so I, 
one thing I've learned, and I kind of reiterate, is like, dude, making good music is maybe 10% of the whole pie. So the other 90% is what really goes into breaking your career. You know, you'll you'll hear like major people say, yeah, it's $150,000 to break your artist. And it's like, okay, that's fair. You know, that makes sense. But it's like, I can also break an artist and have them have, you know, a thousand monthly listeners off, you know, 30 bucks. If the song is good, you know, it's understanding the market. You know, uh, a song I did for Joel Stevenson, um, Grace, that was a $20 Facebook ad. And it still gets like, 70 to 80 streams a day that was a facebook wow. ad of a like it was like 25 dollars facebook ad it was our first like it was our first song that it was like a four-day ad it was our first song to hit a thousand streams so it was just like okay that's, if we that's know great what, roi <laughs> yeah yeah so it's like okay if we know where we're aiming we can really do this you know but then it then it comes down to budgeting and where we're spending the money and if we're gonna constantly do this and he was just like, I try not to tell them how to spend their money. I just advise them. I'm their partner. Like I can tell them what's good for them, what's bad for them, but they're going to do what they want to do at the end of the day. Um, and that's because I'm not all in a hundred percent, you know, so I can't be like, stop doing that. And he got big onto paying for his post to be seen. And, you know, I think people have to realize like Instagram and the, all these social media platforms are. If you have a million followers, they're not going to show your stuff to a million people because that defeats the purpose. That defeats how they're going to make money. You know what I'm saying? So they, so once you start putting money into it, it's like once you stop, you do see a little uh, retaliation. So it's like now your posts aren't getting any traction. You know, he went from getting 100, 150 likes on posts, starting paying to boost his music and now he'll get like 10 to 15. Of course that comes with all things like the algorithm changing and you know what Instagram right. decides to push cuz it just went from they're pushing reels to now they're back to pushing photos. So it's like you know if you don't stay on top of that then you really don't know cuz your reels used to get 500 views and now they're down to like 50 to 100 and it's like what happened? It's like they're pushing photos again. So it's like so it, it is a lot. It is it can be a lot. I mean, there's so many like knobs to turn nowadays, right? Like before, you you, you basically attach yourself to a big label, and then you they you they, trust they, them because they're the big label and they have the huge giant marketing team and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. They'll you know get you going. But now it's like, well, now you have to learn how to deal with TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, whatever, like whatever else. Google probably on top yeah. of that, like. Like, for us, like Google, yeah, because it's like, okay, we got to have good reviews, got to make sure our SEO is good, that we pop up, like, so. Right. Yeah. I mean, personally, like, it's it's kind of hard to say, like, websites are kind of dead, or at least blogs are dead, but, Dude, like, I like, I still think probably having an email, like, a newsletter is probably a good idea for most people, because that's the one thing us small, independent people can control, just in general, because there's no... Email's there's never no going to work. There, well, there's still algorithm either, right? Like, there's yeah. no one throttling your your reach. It's like if you get your people who really like you to sign up for the newsletter that you put out for your new yeah. releases or whatever, then you got a direct line of communication through your super fans. Like, yeah. <laughs> doesn't matter if you you become flavor of the week or you're no longer, you know, you get put in internet jail yeah. for whatever reason. <laughs> you still got it when you get back, yeah. right? Yeah, like you, you have a walled off section of the internet that you control, right? Like. <laughs> Yeah, and that so you know it's it's crazy how many people don't take advantage of that because they think it's like played out. But like, um, 
I use that in my recent campaign for the concert, and I, mm-hmm. you know, I was getting like a forty-two percent like open rate. So it was like, okay, that's good. Yeah, no, I thought that was, and I was like, whoa, okay. I, I mean, to- for most emails, you do not get that good. <laughs> yeah, you know, and my list is small. It's like three hundred, a little under three hundred people. So it's like forty-two percent of the these people are checking this email. So it's good. So it's like. You know, and then when you like pre-save a song or something like that, they ask you to for your email if it's okay to email you. So it's like I went and looked at these guys' list of their saved emails. It's like you guys have like a hundred people here that we could email when your song drops. We should do that. <laughs> yeah, right. Absolutely. Yeah, like so. these are people who already are in. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. Path so. of least resistance again. I feel like that's a like we keep saying that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> these are the things nobody says hey here's what's going on behind the scenes that everyone does because it's like oh these are the boring things or like yeah like they yeah. feel like they don't matter but then end up like like these are the ten thousand like steps you have to take and then once you yeah. do it ten thousand times oh it's like wow now you're an overnight success right like yeah yeah <laughs> yeah but they don't know that i was sending three emails a week and making right. new ones. they don't know i was spending 10 hours on four second intros like <laughs> so absolutely it, yeah it's 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 wild the uh, the things that we put into to develop ourselves and you know our passion projects and things like that you know they they see the final product they don't they don't see the nine o'clock conversations you know <laughs> yeah, right absolutely the nine o'clock that, that is what it is right now i was like wait, wait, wait. so you know it's, it's almost monday already the weekend's not long enough <laughs> no it never is <laughs> I mean, we we could keep going for hours and hours at this point. So we'll we'll wrap this up very shortly. We haven't we covered a couple of things, but do you have any other books or podcasts or any people you follow that have like impacted your life to like learn like all the stuff you've really been iterating? Like any mentors you look up to? So it was like once because I went on the road to sobriety. I I got so because I wanted to get serious about life. I had made some mistakes that. It was just like, man, it's, it's, I got to get real with myself. Um, so I started reading more, watching TV less, um, you know, reading more, stop going out, you know? Um, so it was, it was really Gary V. I read crushing it and that kind of got me on a spurt of, um, that was like the first serious book I read. Like before that I had like, I read the arena, arena series by Morgan Rice and that, that was like escapism, you know, it's just, um, but it was like crushing it by Gary V. Um, and then it was like asking and is given by Abraham Hicks. Uh, and then right now I'm like reading uh Letting Go, uh, because just I have like I don't I struggle comprehending emotions and things like that and coping. So it was like I'm reading this to learn and I've learned a lot uh about pride and things like that. So um those are, I do read a lot of self-help books because I, I don't have the greatest background, you know, it, it wasn't always smooth sailing. So it's like, how do you operate as an adult and mm-hmm. navigate these seas, um, the, the waves? Cause you know, you don't, you, you can't stop the waves, whether you're up higher, you just, you can only surf yeah. them. So, um, but like, so those, those books really helped me and stand out on my list. And then it was like, it went from crushing it by Gary Vee to rich dad, poor dad, mm-hmm. you know, that's, and it was like, that 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 really changed my perspective on money like that was a big one um and then like leisurely 
uh, I read the book on Mac, and that's probably the book I read the most. Um, and then I, other, my friends that are Mac heads, you know, I, I got them a copy of it because it was, you get to learn a lot about him, but the impact he had on us when we were younger was like, it's nice to like see and hear about like studio sessions and stuff like that. Oh, like that's this cool. is the guy that helped, you know, change our lives with his music. So it's like, mm -hmm. it's cool to like hear the stories from his team after his passing and things like that. So, um, a big self-help kind of guy these days uh when it comes to books um just for the knowledge aspect and the perspective because when you're not taught things when you're younger or you're only used to seeing a specific like when you want different than what you've always always had it's hard to navigate those um because yeah. there's no one you can ask right like there's no yeah. one around who's like at least for me it's like i'm very midwestern parents too so it was like the idea of even talking about stocks, my parents like, be careful. They might take your money. And I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, the limited like, thinking. Yeah. I totally get that. And then I do actually have one book to add on um, for emotional awareness or emotional intelligence that I really like. Um, at least when it comes to, to men, it's called I Don't Want to Talk About It by Terry Real. Hmm. Um, I mean, right now. <laughs> yeah, this, this, I mean, you could tell I've, I have my own process for marking up books. I got all these flags all over it. But, um, this one is a secondary title is Overcoming the Secret Legacy of Male Depression. Um, and it's not really, it's not only depression, but it's really just like all of the ability, like how men are basically cultured by society to not be able to deal with their emotions as effectively. Like, you know, it's, it's kind of like, I'm assuming you're close to my age, you know, being a 90s kid. It's like you're told to just grin and bear it, right? Like the typical <laughs> male, male of like, don't show your emotion kind of thing. Stuff it down and don't acknowledge it at all. Um, and I, I just really enjoyed that book just as a way of like trying to contextualize and hearing all these experiences of like other people. And it's like, oh, wait, you're not the only one that's experienced this shit. <laughs> um and then kind of going back to the sobriety thing that, you know, I've been hearing it so often nowadays, like people who are, who are just not drinking anymore, like limiting it. It's insane. I, I actually ended up doing dry January for, with my running we were, before we hit recording. I, I was just like, well, I'm just going to go all in and just run every day. And I'm like, well, if I'm running every day, there's no room to go drinking. <laughs> um, and it's just been an interesting thing. And I'm like, man, I don't know if I want to like even really drink that much anymore after doing one month. I'm like, this is nice. My sleep is amazing. And I don't have to worry about <laughs> just the, the negative impacts of alcohol. So I'm just curious, like, is there anything else you want to add, add to that? Because I think it's really a growing movement right now, just with people realizing you don't need it, right? Like there's not a lot of upside to drinking. <laughs> Okay. Um, but yeah, sobriety, uh, I jumped into it simply, um, just because I, I wanted to get real with myself and mm -hmm. it was just time. It, it was like, if I want, if I have all these aspirations, I can't spend every weekend like drinking and going out yeah. or, you know, I, I cut out video games too. Like that was, wow. Like, yeah. And it, man, video games are such a big part of my life. So it's like, it's, it's weird. Cause like, I haven't turned my PS2 on and, um, I think my friend said like 600 some days or 
something wow. cra- yeah something crazy like that and it's just like wow it's it's right here like, like i can see it and it's just like i have no like i don't even use it for netflix mm-hmm. so just it, it is weird because it's like as a kid i couldn't wait to come home and play the game yeah <laughs> i mean I, I feel you on that one it's like i'll still play here and there but it's like i have i i set the the expectations of like nope you have to do something like i have to either work out or i have to do something when it comes to podcasting or whatever the website in general before i can do that like i need i need to do something else otherwise it's like yeah if you there's so many things and this is like the pet theory i've had um for myself for a while but i feel like the future person like the young person growing up now the super like the superpower they need to develop is how to direct their attention and like everything yeah. you're talking about right there is like how to like the things that steal from your attention so that you, you don't achieve the things you want right like sure playing maybe an hour a day or whatever or an hour every couple of days is fine but when you string that all together and maybe you like especially when it comes to like drinking and you are hung over for a half a day yeah like that adds up over time and if you want to accomplish something that's not what your peers are doing you might need to like limit it and like, for me the where i'm where i think about this is like for people who mindlessly scroll on instagram or tiktok or whatever it's like you're being hijacked from a dopamine standpoint in your brain yeah. to just become a zombie effectively and some of this is a little bit fear mongering, but like, if you really want to achieve something in your life, you need to learn how to control yourself and set like, yeah, yeah, you need to discipline yourself. So you're not wasting your time. Like, cause if you value your time more than like these apps don't value your time, period. Like you, you, you are the thing they're monetizing. So like, they just want you on it consuming all the time. (laughs) Like like if they could put it in your brain and just have you connected to it constantly, they would do it. Like they would. (laughs) Yeah. In an instant. (laughs) <laughs> so it's like okay how do you how do you circumvent it and a lot of that is like just learning how to like i don't have notifications turned out on my phone for 99 percent of things dude like, same <laughs> one person one person that's my daughter's mom that's it <laughs> yeah right be the most important person right yeah yeah literally <laughs> like i have text message notifications all the other apps don't have notifications yeah like that's I'm good like, I'm going to choose when I, when these devices and they'll like, every time I open them, they're like, don't you want to turn on notification? I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> yeah. They try to, uh, that little red circle, something about it. <laughs> Dude, I hate it. Like I have to clean up everything. <laughs> but maybe that's just me being an, or, an, an engineer because of that I, I needed things to be clean. <laughs> no, I'm the same way. I'm, I, I hate seeing it. Like even now, like my email has it, but I know something like, yeah. I'm the same way right now with my emails too, because I'm like, if I if I click away, I'm gonna forget that I needed to go do something with that. Yeah. <laughs> um. Nuts. I think honestly, too, if you're if you're a young person who's driven, like thinking about the effect alcohol has on you, is highly recommended. <laughs> or yeah. like, what is the benefit? Because like, you can still enjoy the party or be in social environments without alcohol. I, I yes, promise. Yes, <laughs> I promise. I. Pr- I mean, don't get me wrong. It is a little, it's awkward at first. Cause like, it's like, I'm the only sober person here. People are offering me drinks. I'm saying, no, do they think I'm a dick? Like, yeah, but I, I pro- like, even now, like I like to dance. I ain't gonna, I, I got a little, I got a little something, you know? <laughs> so it was like, when I got sober, it's like, 
man, I, I kind of care what these people think. And then it's like, no, nah, these people are fucked up. Like, we're all just here. We're all here to have a good time right now. So just have a good time, you know? And so yeah. it, it's, and that comes into like, okay, the social anxiety, it's like combating that. And it's, it's good. It's good that you don't combat that with liquor because that false sense of courage, like, it's not good because you don't have it when you're sober. You don't have it. it, it you have to build on it when you're sober. And it, it's kind of nice. I mean, not for everybody, but for me, it was like I did not have it. So I don't know. You, now, you now just, I do. You just got to be uncomfortable with the uncomfortable, man. Like, yeah, you, you just got to embrace it. Like, you're going to be silly and you're going to, you know, you're going to be like Bambi for a little while. But then once, <laughs> once you get yeah. the groove or whatever, I don't know. Like, that's part of what it is like when it comes to doing this kind of stuff. It's like, you just got to shoot your shot and, you know, be ready to eat a whole bunch of shit sandwiches. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause like, failure and looking bad is just like a part of life like but it's also i heard a quote man and it, it it sits with me forever it was like how selfish of you to think that this person is just worried about you all day it is like i don't know where i heard it but when i heard that i was like you just kind of fucked me up because it's like that because it's crazy because that's that's what happens like oh that that person must think i'm an idiot you know, yeah. you're like fumbling to put your money, like after you check out, you're fumbling, like put your money in your wallet. And it's like, this person probably thinks it's low. And it's like, in reality, they don't give a fuck. Like they're going right. to check out, check out, you know? And every, like I actually heard this recently too, is like, everyone thinks they look stupid and they, they think everyone else is judging them. But, every, yeah. but in reality, everyone is judging themselves, thinking everybody else is judging them. So yes. it's like, we're all stuck in our own little worlds of like judgment cycles. Like really the only one judging you is you. <laughs> yeah. And we're so hard on ourselves, dude. We're so, so hard on ourselves. <laughs> yeah. So that that's just that's that's one thing I I've learned like because you know failure is just a part of life and you don't always look the best. Like this is yeah. this is part of life. For for me, it's stoicism, man. I love stoics, stoic philosophy. That stuff is yeah. like anything written by Ryan Holiday is is totally worth reading because it's just how do you deal with negative anything negative like you know like you said earlier it's like there's gonna be bumps in the road or rough seas ahead like you can't predict it and like yeah it would be dope if people would have never have anything bad happen to them but well yeah. welcome to life <laughs> yeah yeah I what just, can you I, do i tell my friends like man just be careful how you speak to yourself like even me like if i make a mistake i don't i don't be like damn i'm stupid like i don't do that i don't do that it's like I'm only human. I made a, I made a mistake, but I learned how to fix it. This is what I learned from, it. you know, it's like you have to, cause if you're not nice to yourself, no one else is going to be nice to you. Right. For sure. You know? <laughs> it's like, if you can't, I, I think about that a lot too. It's like, if you can't, if you can't have like self-respect, like with your own conversations, then like, how are you going to be able to translate that to other things? Right. Like you yeah. said, you had a daughter, like, like, if you can't figure out how to deal with your own emotions and your own whatever, like, you, you got going on, like, how can you hope to be a good parent or yeah. a good partner or whatever, right? Like, but, yeah. like it's, or just a good friend for that matter, right? Like, if you, if you don't, you know, squash your demons, like, <laughs> they're yeah. just going to go to your cell or your soul and box you into <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, dude. And it, man, being, being a father is crazy because it's like, I don't raise my daughter how I was raised. Not that I was raised bad or anything. You know, everyone's just doing the best they can, you know, with what they know. So I don't raise my daughter how I was raised. And, like, I see the difference. She shines different, you know. Mm -hmm. 
and me you know like i don't i didn't want her to have the anxiety that i have when it comes to being out and stuff like that and you know slowly she's getting out of that phase of being super shy but she still has her boundary but it's like you know how can i show her it's okay to be yourself i have to be myself first so yeah that man yeah i love yeah <laughs> I, I mean, I love that advice. I mean, I, I always think about this. I'm not a parent, but I want to be. And I, I always think like being a parent is the one job nobody applies for. It just happens, yeah. right? Like <laughs> there's nobody that comes in the room and says, wait, are you prepared for this? <laughs> yeah. And they'll and, ask and, like it's planned or, and it's like, you can't really, I mean, you can say we're trying, but it's like, you can't really plan for kids. No, like, but you also can't plan for the mindset you're going to have as a dad yeah. or, or, or parent just categorically. But I, like to me, I think it's it's like the most important job. Nobody, you know, yeah. nobody re really knows what it's going to be like until it's like real time in progress. And you yeah. just hope to God, you know. I, I where did I heard this? There was a quote about parents. It's like like you're you're holding the bow and they're the arrow, and you're just hoping you point them in a good direction. Yeah. And I I love that idea. And it's just like yeah, it's like you just hope that you get them on the right path and that you set good values or good whatever and you you lead by example realistically and you're like all right go out in the world and flourish <laughs> yeah yeah do your best so they can, yeah man yeah because everybody's just doing their best yeah you know? so. I, I i love it <laughs> so last last but not least maybe maybe we'll do two i'm, look, I'm looking at my list of questions i have so many questions that i could ask <laughs> we, we could keep going forever but um if you had a billboard with a quote that you could put on it, you know, people are driving down the highway or whatever, do you, do you have any, like, words of wisdom you'd put on it? Oh, man. Yeah. Um, or a favorite quote, maybe not your own words, but... <laughs> I wrote one down. So, it, it's not a quote, like, from some... Um, you had sent over, like, what's your favorite failure, and, like, um, it was on the, along the lines of, like, failing... You know, okay. what comes after failure is usually an improved version because you get mm -hmm. the chance to learn from your mistakes. So that, I think, uh, that sits with me. Actually, no, let me change it. Change it. This one just came to mind. This is absolutely, it was like, How far would your imagination take you if money wasn't, um, if you weren't bound to money? Mm -hmm. It's like that opportunities are endless when you don't have to worry about money. So it's like, and it's like, why aren't we living like that in general? You know? Okay. Yeah. It sucks to go work nine to five, but like I get to put on this epic concert that touches people and ignites something in them. You know, that's. So it's like, how far would you go if money wasn't an issue? And it's like, I'd go damn far. And it's like, okay, so let's just figure out the money. Okay, let's do that, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, that I think that would be my one is like the imagination if you weren't bound to money. Because, man, like, I don't know. That just opens it up. That opens up the world. It, and like uh, my friend who's, I guess he's not... Uh, an acquaintance in the in the music business. He's a DJ, and he was like, 
there's some days I want to just I give up, but it's like, what does that look like to my kids if they see me give up on what I want out of life? What example am I setting? I want to teach them to just go for it. And it was like, wow, yeah. And, you know, subconsciously, it's like, yeah, I want to be a good example for them, for kids, you know, the youth, like the youth of the future. My grandma, the youth of the future, you know, like my time has passed. Like my, I haven't given up on myself, but it's like, how can I help the youth? So it's like, if I can show them that going after their dreams of what they want out of life, like if I can show them that it's possible, then, you know, who knows what that's going to ignite in them, yeah. you know? So I don't know. I just, I want that kid that, that, you know, is from the area I'm from to be like, if he can do it, I can do it, you know? So yeah, whether it's is music, it whether it's being an astronaut mm -hmm. or things like, you know, so it just, if he can do it, I can do it. I, I would love for a kid to be like, hey, I saw you doing this and it made me want to go do this. And it's like, wow, I'm I'm glad. Like Tupac has that quote about being the spark. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that's all you can hope to do. Because, you know, how do you, we all depend on each other to make this place work. Yeah. You know, so why would you not want to positively affect others? Yeah. I don't want to keep it any more than that. I think that's a great way to end this. Yeah, this sorry. Part. No, sorry. You're no, you're good. I think, I mean, we could keep going for forever, but I think that is a great way to end this part one of a conversation. I'm sure there'll be many, many opportunities for more conversations down the road, but I would love the, that. The, this is, this was awesome. I'm glad, I'm glad we finally made the point to do this. Yeah. yeah. Um, and just keep up doing what you're doing. I, I, I've been telling a lot of people I've been reaching out to, like my friends who I know who are doing their own thing. And it's, you know, it's people who bet on themselves, right? Like, yeah, like that's what it comes down to is like you bet on yourself or, you know, what do you hope other people might see to just go all in? Like maybe all in in a smart way, right? <laughs> but, yeah. like, but like, you know, there's not a whole lot to like, what, what do you lose really? Like, yeah, I agree. The best you bet you'll ever make is on yourself. The best yeah. bet you'll ever make on yourself. <laughs> I've, I've, I just love it. and um. I guess the last thing to close out, though, is where can people find you on the internet? Is there a website, Instagram? I'll keep it in the show notes, but just so people have it here okay. at the end of the conversation. Yeah, so um, Good Vibes in my edition is the concert promotion company that handles all of the music. Uh, it's Good Vibes underscore MI on all platforms. Um, the website, Good Vibes in my, uh, it's currently being updated because I also run a basketball league. Um, so I just, because it's live entertainment business, so I, I do it all. Um, so good vibes underscore am I on all platforms. Uh, my personal is James underscore junior. Um, but yeah, I'll probably be changing that to just James, but yeah, that that's, that's me. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. Like I said, it'll be in the show notes when, when I put this live, so it'll be easy on the webpage and all the descriptions. But so for those of you who've made it all the way through, thank you for listening. And, uh, James was great. Really I appreciate, appreciate you taking the time, man. Thank you for having me. Hello, everyone. Thank you all for making it this far into the podcast. I really appreciate you not only listening all the way through, but making it to hearing me at the end here. If you've made it this far, I would love to know what you have to think about this episode. Are you in music? What did we miss? And what could we improve on in the future? As always, I'm looking to get better and better at what I do here with Feeding Curiosity. And if you considered leaving a like or subscribing to the podcast, that would really help because as always, if the bigger I get, the more I can do. It really is what it comes down to. 
And as a final note, you can also find more of what we do over at feedingcuriosity.net and consider subscribing or supporting over on our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash feedingcuriosity. And that's all I got for you right now. Thank you all one more time for listening and I'll see you all in the next episode and have a great rest of your day.